It could be said that the truth rhymes, that truth strikes a chord in the human soul. It feels like synchronicity. I was browsing videos on kind of a fringe video site, and I ran across one that I just had to share with you. The content of this talk in so many ways mirrored episode four of this podcast, yet it was expressed in different words in a different way, but it rhymes. It strikes a chord. You could say it shines a light in some places that I didn't touch. I don't know who the original author was. It is not cited in the video that I found. So if anybody out there is familiar with who created this content, by all means, go to thislightshines.net and drop a note. I'm happy to add that attribution. But without any further ado, let's take a listen to what this man has to say. The survivors of narcissistic abuse are often the most analytical people you'll ever meet, even often having careers that cater to the power of their capacity to try to understand things. You see, there's a reason for this. When you have abuse as children, you're living in an environment where you don't actually have any control. Confusion is a defensive mechanism that causes a lack of discernment and opens up the mind to having an explanation generated that would justify abuse. Because you would be forced as children to entertain the justifications, and you would want to understand what your parents were telling you to allow you to avoid abuse. And why this is important to understand is that you live in a world where you actually make abuse plausible simply by trying to figure out why it happened. You see, when you ask why is somebody acting the way they are, you have created the space where what they're doing could be justified. Where it could be. When in reality, the elephant in the room is the abuse itself, that the fact that somebody's being abusive needs to be addressed before there's any conversation around what you did or didn't do. But you see, it's so ingrained, the guilt. It's so ingrained, the confusion. Because to survive abuse as children would require dissociation. It would require idealization. It would require imagining that you have something to do with the moods, the feelings of others, and it would make you hypervigilant as a way to try to understand and mold yourself to the environment and even try to affect it so that you would actually feel like you were actually in control. And so when you look at the mechanics of borderline or people pleasers, powerfully idealize others. And then what they do is they try to explain the bad behaviors in preservation of the idealization. And that opens up the door for gaslighting and manipulation and, and guilt trips and being blamed for somebody's behavior, being blamed for their anger, being blamed for their cheating. And that's how people get locked in. And so the thing is, is that narcissists are punishers. Because they don't just want you to be responsible. They don't want to address 
the issue. They want to address you. They need to transfer their anger, their fury. They need a vessel to express their rage, their contempt. And then they'll frame it as teaching. They'll, they'll frame it as proper punishment, justifiable. And so you become somebody that enters into confusion and ruminates, trying to figure out whether it was your fault or their fault. Even that can cause you to be hoovered because you get discarded or something bad happens. You stood up for yourself. You got rid of this person, but you're still, in, you're still unclear. You're not sure. You're inconclusive. The lack of discernment enables you to re-idealize, especially when you're feeling lonely, especially when you're feeling broken, especially when you still are attached to the person that provided you with so much validation. It made you feel complete at the beginning of the relationship. And you still may have pieces of them in your mind where you start remembering the good times and then you reconstitute the idealization of them and start to think, wait, was it my fault? I did do some bad things. But you see, being punished and abused has nothing to do with you at all. You need to remember and keep in your mind that no matter how big you screw up, no matter how big of a mistake, it doesn't change who you are. You are not up for grabs. Your identity is sacred. Your value is unquestioned. And so the truth of the matter is there's a big distinction between responsibility and accountability and guilt, blame, and shame. That taking responsibility has nothing to do with being guilty. That you don't have to be demeaned to be accountable for a mistake or a failure or a breakdown. That people that love and care about you want to empower you as a person and would only want to bring something to your attention because it matters to both of you. Like conversations in the relationship are not about figuring out whose fault it is, but really just coming back together to get on the same page. We have an intellect. We have the ability to understand. We have the ability to retroactively look at our life and go, what the hell? You know, I'm living in these patterns and I've got these sensitivities and it comes from childhood and then this and that and this and that. And so we are surviving an emotional experience and ex internal ruminating, analyzing experience. And then we've got life that's actually lifing and happening. And we live in so many different spaces and worlds and, you know, in a planet that the things are just evolving and pressure and inflation and being triggered at work and being triggered here and triggered there and literally living in fight or flight. But the point that I'm trying to make is that punishment is inappropriate. That making you feel bad is not the purpose of having a conversation about responsibility and accountability. That it doesn't matter what you do. The first thing that there is is to address the elephant in the room that this is inappropriate behavior no matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you did. That you could be responsible that what you did upset somebody and that they're upset and the person that is upset can be responsible for being upset and understand that something you did impacted them. But the key is, is the devaluation, the insinuations, the, the, the changing of the character, you know, wanting to level you with blame, fault, guilt, and shame characterizes you as a broken, bad, not good enough and deficient person, which is triggering. And it's often a mechanism of manipulation and control. That if you see a Karen at Starbucks, she refuses to enable somebody to be responsible. 
it's too late for that. You've already screwed up my day, right? They don't want the responsibility. You need to get this, that people that are abusive use ordinary life events as an excuse to abuse other people because they're so fundamentally incomplete and incapable of really handling life that the only way that they could survive is everything went perfect, but it never will and never does. And they wake up in bad moods anyway, that they are literally scouring the landscape. They're scanning you. They're looking for vulnerabilities. They're trying to find a mistake. Look at this. Who left this on the table? Who's the idiot, right? And you'll notice that the reason why you're hypervigilant all the time is because of the randomness and arbitrary nature of their abuse. That one thing that made them happy yesterday will be the same thing that sets them off and triggers them today, causing confusion because it doesn't make sense to you. That they wake up in a bad mood or they have something going on at work, they're going to get in a bad mood on Saturday and rampage around the house pointing at all the things that are bothering them. But you see, that's just because of their mental makeup, that they recontextualize reality based on their moods. If they have a like a, a trigger, then it's externalized fully. That whatever it is that they imagine bothered them, that it's that thing's fault. And so that's why they're control junkies. They're control junkies because they have no internal emotional control, self-awareness, or capacity to release themselves from the constraints of their own dysregulated and traumatized internal emotional environment. And so when you're raised around people like this, they're always blaming and punishing children for nonsense. And so children are always being subjected to guilt and manipulation. And that is so damaging because it totally destroys their discernment and it locks them in perpetual analysis and confusion. And that's why they always go through life unable to learn and grow unable to really develop. Like a lot of people pleasers are stuck in a helpless state and they're watching life pass them by in ways where they see that they're not being their potential. They know they got this. They know they got the intellect, but they can't get out of their own way because of the fear, the fear of judgment, the fear of people hurting them, the fear of being criticized. And so they're trying to be too careful. And so it's something to keep in mind that abuse is out of the question. Well, 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 that was interesting. There are some definite common points between what that man had to say and episode four. One of them definitely has to be his description of abusive people, how they have this subconscious conflict that they just push out into the world and they're not even aware of it when it's happening. And all you have to be is in their neighborhood and you're going to receive some of that. And he also touched on how we as children have a natural tendency to take responsibility for what's happening to us in those situations. And it's a misplaced responsibility. And the result of carrying around that misplaced responsibility with you hinders and hampers you later in life. In a sense, it's like you start reacting to other people as though they were abusive, even if they're not. 
we become hyper vigilant, looking out for those warning signs that someone's about to blow up. It's as though we're tiptoeing our way through a minefield, when in truth, in many cases, there's no minefield there at all. It's something we became conditioned to. It was a natural survival mechanism, a route that people go when they're subjected to those conditions. Remember that it is your first responsibility to heal yourself. You are not responsible for those others. Heal yourself. Healing makes us stronger. You've been listening to the This Light Shines podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, if you get something out of it, support us. Click on that heart icon on your podcast player or click on the support link in the show notes. You can find all of our content at thislightshines.net. Thank you for listening, and as always, God bless.